0: Take one. We call this one, What's in Your Work File? Hi, this is Tim Anderson. I appreciate you being here with me today. Thank you very much. We are going to talk about your work file of all the exciting things we could talk about. Before we get started, a couple of notes. Number one, there is a whole lot of information on work files in USPAP, in the FAQs, in FAQs 79 to 100. Then understand that when I use the word work file, I use it in the generic sense, in the same sense that USPAP uses it. USPAP doesn't expect you to have all of your data between the wings of a manila folder. When USPAP talks about a work file, it means that you have easy access to it. You can go to wherever it is you go and get the stuff relatively quickly. States, however, typically expect you to turn data in between the wings of a Manila folder. So that means you have to make copies of everything. Okay, those are the states, just be in the states. But again, when I talk about your work file, when I talk about what's being in your work file, I'm using it in the generic USPAP sense. So I get it as a common question, Tim, what is supposed to be in my work file? This is easily answered, although the answer is not terribly deep, and we'll get into why in a minute. Now, USPAP does not make the answer to the question all that clear, frankly. There is in USPAP a definition of a work file, and that is, and this is a quote, documentation necessary to support an appraiser's analyses, opinions, and conclusions. So we're going to use that definition throughout the remainder of this podcast. Then, in keeping with the record-keeping rule, and I'm using the 2019-2020 USPAP for this, there are four separate items of what your work file must contain. We're going to be looking primarily at number four, which is the most important of the four. This is what it says about the work file, and again, this is a quote, all other data Information and documentation necessary to support the appraiser's opinions and conclusions and to show compliance with USPAP or references to the location of such data, information, and documentation. In other words, USPAP makes it clear that you can refer to stuff by reference. This is what I mean when I say this stuff in your work file doesn't necessarily have to be in your work file, it just has to be where you can get at it if you need to. When I read this definition to appraisers, they tend to look at me and say, oh, okay, that's lovely. What does that mean? That has not given me any specific contents. That's right. It hasn't. That statement is not as clear as it could or should be, for which we can thank the good folks at the Appraisal Standards Board. So what we're going to do is we're going to explain it more carefully right here, right now, and try to clear up some of this confusion. As we do so, please think about it in the context of three areas of real estate appraisal. One is highest and best use. Two is the definition of a comparable sale. And number three is the certification. Again, we want to think about this in those contexts. The record-keeping rule talks about all, that's a quote, all of the material you typically rely on to arrive at a value opinion or a value conclusion let's talk about the definition of a comparable sale in the context of a work file remember a comparable sale is one that has the same highest and best use as the subject let me repeat that a comparable sale is one that has the same highest and best use as the subject therefore when you put a comp on the sales comparison grid you are saying, in so many words, that you have done the necessary analyses to demonstrate that the comparable sale has the same highest and best use as the subject. Therefore, because that's what you're saying, your State Appraisal Board has the right to open your file and find within it your analyses supporting that conclusion. Remember the definition of work file, remember what the record keeping rule said all of the information you used to arrive at your conclusions well the highest and best use of the subject is a conclusion you reach why do you use it as a comparable sale simply because it has the same highest and best use as the subject therefore using it implies that you've gone through those analyses this is just a matter of show your work Remember back in high school algebra, the teacher was always saying, you have to show your work, because in some cases you could look in the back of the book and there was the answer. But we have to be able to show our work, and we do that because we have the work we did supporting the conclusion sitting in the work file. Now, let's talk about what's in your work file in the context of the certification. You remember the certification, it's in every report that you sign. Now. When you sign that certification, almost the very first line of that certification says, I certify that, to the best of my knowledge and belief, the statements of fact in this report are true and correct. That's the key. When you sign a report, you're certifying that any and all statements of fact in that report are true and correct. When you use a comparable sale, You're making a statement of fact. That fact is, this sale, this particular property, has the same highest and best use as the subject. Therefore, in your work file, must be the support behind that conclusion. If you will look a little bit further down in the certification, it's either the 7th or the 8th bullet point. It says in so many words, in reporting my appraisal to you dear client i followed standard two i followed USPAP in other words i followed standard two therefore in the certification you're making two proactive positive statements about the backup data you use to form your value opinion you certify you complied with standards one and two in developing an appraisal and then reporting its results remember back from the definition The definition said documentation necessary to support an appraiser's analyses, opinions, and conclusions. That's why we have it in the work file. The stuff you maintain in the work file, the data, the information, the analyses, all that stuff that you maintain in the work file is what supports everything in the report. It's part of the evidence that you complied with USPAP. Remember, that's what it says in the record-keeping rule. Part of keeping records is to show your compliance with USPAP. That compliance you're showing is what you certify to in the certification. In other words, in the certification, you certify that you followed USPAP. And you can demonstrate the truth of that statement because all of your stuff is in the work file, all the stuff you use to form your value conclusion. Your state appraisal board has the responsibility, under its rules from the Appraisal Foundation, to ask you to show the support you used to arrive at your opinions and conclusions. Therefore, it has the right and the responsibility to ask you why it cannot find that support in your work file if, indeed, it's not there, and in many cases it's not. Remember what you certified to. You certified that you followed USPAP. USPAP requires stuff to be in the work file. The stuff is in the work file to show compliance with USPAP. The next context we're looking at is the context of highest and best use, a very advanced concept in appraising. Unfortunately, appraisal QE, qualifying education, typically doesn't treat it that way. Here's what the state wants to see in your work file relative to highest and best use. This basically comes from Standard Rule 1-3a. First of all, the state is looking for your identification and your analyses of the effect on use and value of existing land use regulations, typically meaning zoning. It's looking for you to identify and analyze any reasonable or probable modification of those land use regulations. It wants to see your identification and analysis of economic supply and demand factors relevant to the subject property. This may be taken care of in the 1004-MC form. But I don't think anybody's going to argue when we talk about how poorly designed that form is. Anyway, an analysis of economic supply and demand is extremely important as part of highest and best use. SR1-3 also looks for your identification and analyses of the physical adaptability of the subject real estate. In other words, you're appraising a house. Can it be put to any other use? Typically, the answer is no, it's a single-family house, but that's a function of the zoning. If the zoning were to change to one of a commercial nature, then you might find that doctors and lawyers, etc., want to buy the house and convert it to their offices. That's fairly common. So that's what USPAP means when it talks about the adaptability of the real estate. And finally, highest and best use, therefore USPAP, therefore your state appraisal board, is looking for your analysis of market area trends. That does not limit itself solely to changes in prices up or down. For example, are people buying houses and tearing them down to improve the now vacant site to its highest and best use? Are people buying the houses specifically to be held for rent? This is relatively common in cities with large universities. Are people buying the houses specifically to flip them, and I mean a legitimate flip, in other words, to renovate them and then turn around and sell them? All of that has to do with demand and supply. The second step of Standard Rule 1-3 is B. Which says, basically, okay, once you've done all of the stuff in 1-A, now you can develop an opinion of the highest and best use of the subject property. Now, here's the key to all of this. If you have to go through those five analyses to determine the highest and best use of the subject property, and if the definition of a comparable property is one that has the same highest and best use as the subject, then basically what it's saying is, not only do you have to go through these five analyses to determine the highest and best use of the subject, you also have to go through these five analyses to determine the highest and best use of the comps. Now, relative to highest and best use, and therefore relative to your work file, what is in Standard Rule 1-3a and b is not the end of things. Standard Rule 1-3A and B is basically checking the highest and best use box on the first page of the 1004 form. Now what we're going to do is we're going to look at Standard Rule 2-2A Roman numeral 10, or 2-2AX, because it's the second half of highest and best use. And basically what it says, what 2-2A10 says, is that if you formed an opinion of highest and best use, And for some appraisals, you don't have to, for example, if you're appraising value and use. But if you're appraising to the standard of market value, then somewhere in the report, typically the addendum, you must summarize your rationale and support for your highest and best use conclusion. Now, you say, Tim, wait a minute. The software does that. It's already pre printed. All I got to do is bring up the boilerplate and then cut it and paste it into the report where I want it. Okay, that's true. However, if you will read the highest and best use boilerplate, you'll see that it basically consists of nothing more than the definition of highest and best use. It cannot contain a summary of the support and rationale you have for your highest and best use conclusion simply because that support and rationale will vary from report to report given that variance there's no way the software company can build boilerplate that will fit what you did and didn't do to form your opinions of highest and best use for both the subject and the comps remember merely checking the box of highest and best use on page one is insufficient The reason it's insufficient is because merely checking the box does not comply with standard rule 2-2A10. There must be that support for your reasoning and rationale behind your highest and best use conclusions. In addition, the analyses behind that support, in other words, the details behind that support and rationale, must be in the work file. Please take my word for it. As someone who reviews a lot of reports, I can testify to you that one of the first things a state investigator looks for is the support for the rationale behind your highest and best use conclusion. If that's absent, that calls the reliability, the credibility of the entire appraisal report into question. And it's my job as the appraiser's advocate to advocate for you so that you understand what the state is going to look for. That pretty much covers what is supposed to be in your work file. Now, is that the end of what could be in the work file? No, absolutely not. Again, your work file has got to contain everything that you used to form your value conclusion, form your value opinion, form your opinion of highest and best use, form your opinion that the comparables are indeed comparable, form your opinion of cost per square foot, form your opinion of a proper monthly rental, etc. States get all excited when you send in your work file and it's thin. The reason they get all excited is because thin work files tend not to comply with USPAP, whereas thick work files tend to comply with USPAP. I appreciate you being here today. Thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to discuss this with me. I'm Tim Anderson. I'm the appraiser's advocate. I'm here for you. One of the things I do now in my practice is help appraisers not make mistakes. You don't make a mistake, the state can't nick you for it. That's why I'm here. Again, thanks for listening. My personal best to you and all of yours. We're team. You.